You are listening to the sermon stream of the Mulvane Church of Christ in Mulvane, Kansas. Subscribe in your favorite podcatching app or find and listen to any sermon online at mulvanechurch.com slash sermons. Uh, Psalm 45, uh, we see a scribe who is speaking about an idealized king. As if Israel were everything it should have ever been, and everybody would have done what they always should have been. It's that nice a vision. And the king at the center of it, the idealized king, is going to be who? We actually have the words from the center of this uh, psalm. And so many times in Psalms, there's a key in the center. Not always, but a lot of times. We can usually put the important stuff at the first and then explain it. Or we put the important stuff at the end and we lead up to it, to a conclusion. But so many times in Psalms, the important thing is in the middle. Right in the middle. And not always, but often. Well, our key verses, our key concept here is in uh, the middle of, uh, of uh, Psalm 45, uh, verses 6 and 7, and it is quoted in the New Testament in the book of Hebrews. You'll recognize it when we come to it. It's quoted in the book of Hebrews in verses 8 and 9, speaking of Christ. So whenever we have Psalms that tell us these are the words of Christ, the position of Christ, who do we take the Psalm to be about? About Christ. So our idealized king is Christ. Now again, in ideal life situation we wouldn't trust every detail to say, oh, Christ will have this or Christ on that. But uh, we do know the New Testament assigns Christ to be the center of this song. So Psalm 45. My heart overflows with a pleasing theme. I address my verses to the king. My tongue is like the pen of a ready scribe. You are the most handsome of the sons of men. Grace is poured upon your lips. Therefore God has blessed you forever. Gird your sword on your mighty thigh, on your thigh of mighty one, in your splendor and majesty. Actually, a little bit of that imagery of Christ in the book of Revelation. In your majesty, ride out victoriously. For the cause of truth and meekness and righteousness, let your right hand teach you awesome deeds. Your arrows are sharp. In the heart of the king's enemies, the peoples fall under you. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. The scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of brightness. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness beyond your companions. Your robes are all fragrant with myrrh and aloe cast from ivory palaces. We can make sense about that too. From ivory palaces, stringed instruments make you glad. Daughters of kings are among your ladies of honor. At your right hand stands the queen in gold. Over. So, 
somebody from the Old Testament imagining the Messiah in the future, imagining him as God, but also being blessed by God. As we talk about in the Old Testament, there is definitely times. And here's one of the obvious ones this uh, two Yahweh, this two God theory that in the Trinity, where we have the Father, Son, and Spirit together as God, we can make sense of. But in the collapsed version of monotheistic Judaism, which is what we have now, because after Christ, these kind of interpretations had to be gotten rid of because it's too obvious it's Christ. When Jews say God is one, they mean only one person and personality. But how does this psalmist talk about God, your God, and what came here? This one is God. Your throne, O God, is forever. Therefore, God, your God, anoints you on your throne. God anoints God on the throne. That's Christ. It can't be anybody else, right? And again, the, the, the ideas that let Jews think about one God in this way, as the Psalms did, and you read some of the Jews, the rabbis, apostles, not long from the time of Christ, they're getting pretty close to the concepts that are in the gospel, but when they rejected Christ, they had to get rid of that. And so you'll no longer see that in Judaism, but here it is right in the text. So this idealized picture of Christ the Messiah, Christ in, in, in a castle, I, I picture in the psalm the most beautiful stylized Disney castle ever, except it's really Jesus and it's really real. This is how they're picturing the Messianic age and the Messiah on his throne. So verse 10 going on, Hear, O God, and consider, and incline your ear. Forget your people in your father's house. The king will desire your beauty. Since he is your Lord, bow, he is your Lord, bow to him. The people of Tyre will seek your favor with gifts. The richest of people. All glorious is the princess in her chamber with robes interwoven with gold. In many colored robes she is led to the king with virgin companions following behind her. With joy and gladness they are led along as they enter the palace of the king. In place of your father shall be your sons. You will make them princes in all the earth. I will cause your name to be remembered in all generations. Therefore, nations will praise you forever. So you're kind of earthliness, a physicality in this vision of, of perfection under our great king that we don't usually express. But here it is in the Psalms. Uh, maybe we find this one in the Old Testament, which was a system for the body and the system physical regulations uh, and things until the time of Reformation the Hebrew writer would say but it's just a little different vision of a glorious future and also I cannot think of another Old Testament passage well Psalm in particular but very few passages that are this female centric the vision of a girl uh, her view of what could be and the glory it would be in God's king coming in his throne. And so there are a few places, various female centric Old Testament passages, and a song, of course, the song of Solomon, and some others. But uh, this is kind of unique for the song, isn't it? A little different take on how we view and how these people view the Messiah and his coming. Uh, but in this glorious, 
glorious kingdom that he has and that his glorious palace that I can just picture here. I think we can probably see why so many of the Jews were expecting more of a physical king Messiah. Because when Jesus came with such a spiritual mission, when people had this as the, you know, I, I'm going to interpret everything through this, the lens of this passage, we can see, I think, how they might miss it. Of course, I would hope the miracles and the teaching might help them understand, but in any case, uh, a, a little different view of the, of the Messiah uh, from the Psalms, and what a glorious picture that is of, of, of him in all of his glory and the blessings of those that are with him. Thank you for listening to this sermon from the Mulvane Church of Christ. Additional sermons and information available online at mulvanechurch.com. Come see what a difference the Bible way makes.